Welcome to episode nine of the Lucchino Brief. I am your host, Steve Lucchino. Uh, I actually had to redo that because I forgot how many episodes we were on. Um, been having a lot of fun doing it, and I uh, can't believe I'm already on the ninth episode. So coming out uh, today, we are going to discuss what is going on with the power grid uh, throughout the country with these extremely cold weather conditions, why we are experiencing that, and we're going to talk about uh, forms of energy and how to generate electricity uh, and what is going on with the green push and why it's so inefficient. First and foremost, I want to discuss this push for green energy and how it's unreliable. And I have a couple different sources here. One that is high up um, in the Southwest Power Pool. I'm, I'm going to leave the company's nameless. And another that works locally here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, I'm going to leave them nameless. Uh, who knows what liberals will do to attack them if they got their information or what would happen with their jobs. Uh, I'm going to read a text exchange from one of them. Y'all having fun during this great winter weather? Gentleman that works in the Southwest Power Grid. Dude, I'm working and it's the worst I've seen. I'm earning my paycheck this week response. I've been seeing a lot of my buddies getting messages saying they're going to do rolling blackouts in Nebraska. Figured that plus the South being hit was causing some issues. Southwest power grid person. Yep. Nebraska is our territory. Reti retiring coal and depending on wind. And therein lies the problem. Retiring coal and depending on wind in the name of green energy. I'm going to read another text exchange. This person is a reliable source in the power industry more locally. Is the power situation really in bad shape, Mr. Power Man? This person asks. Mr. Power Man replies, yeah, it is actually pretty serious and it is mainly due to all the going green energy. If they weren't shutting down all of the coal and nuclear generation, we would be fine. So I would expect it to only continue to get worse in the coming years as this green bullshit continues to grow. So what are they referring to? They're referring to relying on the use of wind and solar, which is very inefficient and largely unreliable. So we're going to discuss uh, coal generation for electricity. We're going to discuss nuclear generation for electricity. Uh, but first, let's talk about the efficiency of all three. First and foremost, we have nuclear energy. The average energy capacity of nuclear is 92.3% which means it's operating at full capacity 336 out of 365 days a year. That only leaves 29 days where it's not operating at full capacity, and that's for just general maintenance. Coal and natural gas are about 50% efficient. Wind is only 34.5%, meaning it only works 127 days out of the year. Solar is 25.1% or 92 days out of the year. So the obvious winner here is nuclear power. And why is nuclear power so great? Well, it's low operating cost. It has actual zero carbon emissions, high energy density. As we discussed, it's estimated that the amount of energy released in nuclear fission reaction is 10 times greater than that amount released burning fossil fuels. So it's even better at producing energy than fossil fuels, as we illustrated with the capacity. It's very reliable. Uh, it's not weather dependent. Uh, if it gets really cold, we don't have to worry about nuclear energy uh, running out because nuclear energy is seemingly endless. And according to the Nuclear Electricity Institute, nuclear prevents 528 metric tons of CO2 from being released in the atmosphere annually. So you have a really clean, reliable, low operating cost source of energy here, but liberals don't want to use, actually they, they generally ignore nuclear power. 
the potential for nuclear fusion is considered the holy grail of harnessing energy. If we can master atomic fusion, we would essentially have an endless supply of unlimited energy at a very low cost. Beyond that, let's talk about jobs. Nuclear produces good high paying jobs and salaries are typically about 30% higher than the local average. So whatever the local average is in, you know, this Nebraska area, if you work in a nuclear power plant, it's generally 30% higher than that. So they are good, high paying jobs. To be fair and to give you both sides, there is slight downsides to nuclear power. It does have a very high initial startup costs, but with the life of nuclear power plant, that's more than paid for. It does require a lot of water. And this water is pumped back into the water source that it's in. It's, it's been pumped in at about 100 degrees Fahrenheit. So it makes, it changes the, the water and it makes the uh, large, the water largely uninhabitable for the creatures that lived in there. Uh, it's also produces a lot of radioactive waste. And the challenge here is storage. So right now these nuclear power plants are able to store the, the waste material inside the power plant, but eventually they're going to run out of storage space and they have yet to find an efficient way or means to store this, which I'm confident in this you know, in this modern era that we live in with innovation, that they're going to find a way to simply store nuclear waste. But nuclear is one of the great sources of energy that we could be harnessing more of, and we refuse to because, well, green energy. Coal. Uh, coal has been a predominant producer of energy for a long time. Coal actually supplies uh, 40% of the electricity globally and 30% of U.S. electricity. It used to be upwards of 50% uh, is what coal used to provide. But Coal mining, another great way, another great way to boost jobs. Over 50,000 Americans are employed, are employed in the coal industry with an average salary of about 85,000 per year. That's according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Coal is a big part of international energy exports. And Obama even said, we are the Saudi Arabia of coal. So that gives us a lot of power in terms of international trade. Coal is also good for the railroads as, you know, coal has to be moved and it's largely moved by rail because of Trump's coal policies, exports increased by 61% from 2016 to 2017 and another 15% in 2018. Now, the big thing with coal is, does it burn clean? And this is where, again, technology has prevailed. And there's something called carbon capture and sequestration, which Al Gore himself calls a major building block of a solution to a climate crisis. Carbon capture and storage is the process of capturing and storing CO2 before it is released into the atmosphere. The technology can capture up to 90% of CO2 released by burning fossil fuels and electricity generation and industrial processes such as cement and steel production. Once the CO2 is captured and turned, it's turned into a liquid and then it can be pumped safely into the ground at depths of one kilometer or more. And then there's carbon capture, storage, and utilization, which can be used in other processes such as feeding algae to produce biofuel. So there's a lot of benefits to burning coal and you can do it in a safe way that protects the environment. And liberals, if you just Google clean coal, all you will get is hit piece, hit piece, hit piece, hit piece, attacking coal. But according to National Energy Technology Laboratory, a U.S. coal plant with pollution controls reduces nitrogen oxides by 83%, sulfur dioxide by 98%, and particulate matter by 99.8% as compared to plants without controls. The downside of CCSU and carbon capture and storage is that it is expensive and private companies are working now and their goal is to reduce the cost of it by 50%. And if we could do that and we can harness that, it's going to continue to make coal a very cheap and environmentally friendly way to produce electricity. Coal can also serve as feedstock for hydrogen production. 
Hydrogen is a transitional carbon-free energy source that can be used for power generation and as a transport fuel. This will lead to another 480,000 manufacturing jobs tied directly to carbon products while increasing coal mining jobs as well. So we have two forms of energy here between coal and nuclear that are very efficient, very reliable, and, and, and very cost-effective. But liberals want to talk about how, you know, Republican politicians are bought and paid for by the by the oil, natural gas, and coal industry, but they're bought and paid for by the green energy push. And the green energy push is not to better your lives. You have to understand, as with all liberal policies, just ask yourself, where's the scam? What's what what's the scam? And the scam is this power. It's power and money. There's a lot of money in green energy. And so they line the pockets of politicians and boom, the politicians reline their pockets back. All at your expense. This isn't at any of their expense. They're using our hard pay tax dollars to line the pockets of green energy. Green energy gives it back to them. It's just a little circle of money, except for we're outside the circle. We just supply the circle and then the circle goes round and round to Democrat politicians and the green energy companies. So why not wind and solar? Why can't we rely on wind and solar? Well, as we've seen, as all of you have heard, the windmills are freezing up, as in they can't spin and therefore they cannot produce electricity. And then we have solar panels that are being covered by ice and snow and therefore cannot produce electricity. So one of the things you'll hear is liberals talk about how great Germany is because of their giant solar farms. Well, to think that we can rely on wind and solar. Now, I'm not against wind and solar as a supplemental measure, but we need to rely on primarily energy sources that are going to be reliable year-round. And if we can complement that energy source with wind and solar, then cool, I'm all for that. And if wind and solar all of a sudden makes advancements and it hits the market and it's affordable, then I'm all for it. I'm not against these quote-unquote green energy ideas, they just have to be ready to go to market. They have to make sense for the consumer. They have to be cost efficient for the consumer and they have to win out honestly. We don't need another case like the Obama administration Solyndra uh, fiasco. For those of you who don't remember what Syndra was, Solyndra was, that was an Obama era administration sign off on a half a billion dollar loan that was supposed to create, get this, hundreds, not thousands, but hundreds of jobs. Remember, losing the Keystone XL pipeline wasn't that big of a deal because it's only about 10,400 jobs, but we invested 500 million in Solyndra to create solar panels to create hundreds of jobs. By the way, that company went bankrupt. It was all a sham and the media swept it under the rug for the Obama administration because they are the Soviet style propaganda wing of the Democrat party. So I want you guys to use some of these fun facts when a liberal wants to talk about green energy and relying on solar and relying on windmills, you have yet another example of liberal policy failures. And just to do a quick recap, why we should rely more on coal and more on solar. I'm going to repeat these numbers. The average capacity of nuclear is 92.3%, meaning it works at full capacity 336 days out of the year. Coal and natural gas is about 50%, while wind and solar are just 34.5% for wind and 25.1% for solar. So even if you combine wind and solar together, you're only getting about 210 days of energy production. Even if you combine wind and solar, you're only getting about 219 days of energy production versus 336 out of nuclear. So use that. Don't let it, don't let liberals go unchecked with this stuff. You know, Dan Bongino was talking the other day and it's about using your microphone. Your microphone is your social media was his point. And I absolutely agree with that. And it's what I've said from the beginning of this 
we all have to use our ability to speak out because the mainstream media is burying this stuff. They don't want you to talk about the inefficiencies and the unreliability of windmills and solar because it's not in their agenda. And their agenda is never about what's better for you and I. It's about what's better for them and what gets them more power. So use your platform. Your platform is your social media. It's talking to your friends. It's talking to your family. Whenever you hear these ideas of green energy, you have to rebut these people and let them know, actually, nuclear is a way cleaner way to do it. It's way more cost-effective and it's way more reliable. So let's tie this into local Lincoln, Nebraska here. We had our great mayor, old Queen Baird. Queen Baird actually actually came up with her own Green New Deal. Now, <laughs> how did she do this? Well, she paid Veritas, a consulting firm out of Omaha, and they produced a 170 plus page Green New Deal, and she paid nearly $100,000 for it. And their goal is no gas cars and no new homes with gas. Wow. If that doesn't tell you Wow. So it's not bad enough that we have the Green New Deal from Alexandria Ocasio-Smollett, but now we have a Green New Deal from Queen Baird and she wants no gas cars. Now think about that. No gas homes. That's expensive. Electric cars. Who's that going to affect? The rich people will be fine. They'll go buy their Teslas. What are the poor people going to do if they can't get gas cars or they can't afford a home that's green and solar powered? What are they going to do? This is going to affect the middle and the lower class. Again, liberal policies hurt everyone they quote intend to help. Just like with minimum wage laws, it's statistically proven. It hurts those it's intended to help. Just like with anything else, you go woke and you go broke. In this case, we're going broke with electricity. Good job, libs. Now, I'm trying to remember a guy that went around the United States warning us that wind turbines would fail in bad weather. But nobody wanted to listen to him. They said he was crazy. They fact-checked him and told him that wasn't true. Ah, gosh, what was his name? <clears throat> Let's see. Headline, Washington Post. President Trump lashes out at old enemy wind turbines. Well, today, 2.7 million Texans are without power after wind turbines freeze. Good job, libs. Way to go. All right, moving on. And I've been waiting to talk about this one. This story broke January 11th. The gentleman that broke it was Ryan Gerdusky. And this is about the Lincoln Project, which Hat Tip Dan Bongino calls the Lenin Project. So this was a bunch of establishment rhino anti-Trump Republicans. And their big thing was moral high ground, right? So the never Trumpers are the holier than thou Republicans. We can't do that because Trump said, grab them by the pussy. Okay. These moral high ground Republicans, who are they? Well, one of the founders, one of the co-founders, John Weaver, uh, apparently solicited sex to over 100 young men, the youngest being 14. 14 years old when John Weaver was 57, he solicited a 14-year-old boy. Most of them were late teens, early 20s, and he promised them political advancement and jobs in exchange for sex. Now, <laughs> who is John Weaver? He worked on the McCain campaign and more recently worked on the Cases campaign in 2016. And in coalition with the Lincoln Project and its other founders, Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt, they raised nearly $90 million in 2019 and 2020 to push their anti-Trump agenda. That's right. These guys wanted the Democrats to win over having Trump in office again. So this is where you have to ask yourself, 
do the rhinos that we've hammered against, do they really care about you? Was your life so bad under Trump? Median household income was up. Unemployment was down. GDP was up. Manufacturing jobs were returning because uh, apparently Trump waved his magic wand that Obama said he would have to have. Well, magic, economics. I know it escapes libs. But these people wanted Trump to lose at your expense. Trump was doing nothing bad. Trump wasn't this Nazi dictator. I'm not going to go into all the crap that they've said about him because we've talked about it too much. Let's go more into these uh, <laughs> these never Trump Lincoln projects. You know, they held themselves to a higher moral standards. Karl Rove was actually quoted that he is known of, quote, Weaver's pattern of behavior since 1988. So Rick Wilson and Steve Schmidt have come out and said that they hardly knew John Weaver, that they just united against Trump in this in this Stop Trump movement. And they've been on CNN and other mainstream outlets 21 times since the story broke, and they were never asked a single, single question about the scandal. So not only is the Lincoln Project trash, but the media is obviously trash. And again, this goes back to nothing, nothing that would make Trump look good and make these anti-Trumpers look bad is put on the mainstream media. They only tell you lie after lie after lie about Trump, or they try to shed Trump in a negative light to just advance his anti-Trump agenda. Now going to a Breitbart piece, this is actually disturbing. And what I want you guys to think about, this was a man soliciting young men for sex. Think if it was a man soliciting women for sex. Do you think the story would be bigger? Do you think the Me Too movement would be all over that? If it was a Republican man soliciting women for sex for jobs? Now, this is a Republican, a fake Republican, a rhino Republican soliciting men. So I guess are young gay men not as important as, as young women being solicited, uh, sexually solicited? I mean, just yet another double standard in the media that you know this would be talked about far more if it was a heterosexual relationship rather than a homosexual relationship. Gerdusky goes on to explain that some of the young men accusing Weaver of sexual solicita solicitations are leftists who were reluctant to share their allegations for fear of damaging the, quote, never Trump campaign. So many of these young men who came forward to me early on were leftists, Gerdusky explained. Many of them were afraid to come forward because they were afraid of retribution from John Weaver. But I will say there were a few of them who said, quote, I don't want to hurt the anti-Trump movement. And that's among the victims. So you have these people that were willing to be silent about a sexual predator in the name of stopping Donald Trump. I, I just can't even – I can't even put into words how disgusting that is. You have a guy that's been a sexual predator of young men and boys since the 1980s that's been able to fester in D.C. and continue to work in D.C. And as Gerdusky explained, there's no way you worked in D.C., and didn't know about it. Karl Rove, a well-known Republican strategist, strategist, said he's known about his behavior since 1988. So this giant cabal of weird sex and solicitation in children in Washington, D.C., it's all conspiracy theory, right? It's all conspiracy theory until it's not. You know, the big push against, I'm not going to say the group because this will get censored, but their big thing was save the children, save our children, right? So whether you think this is a blown out conspiracy theory or not, there obviously is a lot of sexual predators in D.C. And they're obviously covered for. 
and to advance political agendas and to advance political careers, a lot of stuff is swept under the rug. ABC News headline, a 12-year-old allegedly shot and killed home intruder during an armed robbery early Sunday morning in North Carolina, police said. Uh, apparently, the article did not have the relation, but there was, I believe, a 71-year-old woman in there, and she was shot. Uh, she is in the hospital, but she is recovering. But another win for 2A, Second Amendment baby, a 12-year-old gets a gun, shoots an intruder. I believe the intruder was 19, 20, or 21 Somewhere in that age range, but he was found, I believe, down the street, but he died from his wounds. But again, another win for 2A. You break into a house, you shoot an old woman, 12-year-old pops you, you're dead. That's exactly one of the primary reasons for the Second Amendment. Criminals will always have firearms, criminals will always have weapons, and criminals will always be intent on hurting people. And this is where we have the right to bear arms for basic self-defense. Absolute win for the 2A community. Great job, 12-year-old boy. You're a boss. You're a patriot. You're a leader in the 2A community now. Uh, you're a minor, so you're, you won't, your information won't get disclosed, but I wish you nothing but the best, young man, and uh, continue to be a uh, judicious shot. <laughs> All right, moving on. As we said, and one of the reasons I started this podcast is I said they're coming for everybody, and I wasn't wrong. I wasn't, you know, the first one to say that, but it's absolutely true. They are absolutely demonizing conservatives. Big tech wants to silence conservatives. Uh, the violent life site news was permanently banned from YouTube. Dan Bongino, Epic Times, and Epic Times were also demonetized from YouTube, meaning they can't make money off their YouTube videos. Dan has close to a million subscribers on YouTube. Epic Times, I'm not sure what they have. I know they have in the hundreds of thousands. So they are absolutely trying to silence Anybody on the right, this isn't, I mean, uh, my pillow guy was banned from Twitter. Oh, and James O'Keefe, Project Veritas was also a lifetime ban from Twitter. These people aren't promoting violence. Project Veritas releases undercover video of political scandals. And yes, he's a, a right leaning, he's a right journalist. So he exposes the left, but he's also exposed Republicans. The woman that was arrested in Texas for voter fraud claims was actually a Republican and she worked for a Republican. Yes, she was committing voter fraud on behalf of Biden because just those never Trumpers and their morals, but they're, they're coming for everybody. They're starting with the big dogs. They're coming for the little guys. They have their algorithms that are pulling my podcast off like uh, episode one and episode four. So they are absolutely coming to silence people. And this is a big deal. If you're somebody who doesn't think this is a big deal and you're sitting back, well, I mean, they're private companies. You can go elsewhere. No, 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 that's not what this is. They have protections under Section 230 that make them immune because they're treated like a platform and not a publisher. If you want to be a publisher, you need to be treated lawfully like a publisher. Oh, actually, I wanted to get back to uh, guns. I covered this on Facebook Live, so in my head, I had it that I already covered it, uh, but I want to cover this on the podcast as well. Biden came out, and I quote, this administration will not wait for the next mass shooting, shooting to heed the call. Today, I'm calling on Congress to enact common sense gun reforms, including requiring background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons in high capacity magazines, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons on our streets. A gun is a weapon, you dumbass. So what he's, what he's effectively saying there, and Kamala Harris said that she would take executive action if Congress did not pass common sense gun reform in the first 100 days. So Biden is taking his orders from Kami Kamala, and he is, this is, I'm telling you, he is setting it up 
because they know they're not getting legislation passed because you're not going to get the Joe Mansions and the Kristen Cinemas of Arizona to vote on gun laws because their constituents, even if they're Democrats, love guns. You know, Arizona has some gun loving moderate Democrats. You're not going to get them to pass common government reforms. Sense, common sense. They don't even know. They, they don't even have the common sense to understand what semi-automatic means, let alone what gun reform laws should be. So Biden is setting this up for, for an executive order. I'm telling you right now, think about this. Eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on the streets. The comparison I gave in the Facebook Live was alcohol. How come you can't sue an alcohol company if your loved one is a victim of a drunk driver? What is alcohol put out there? Is alcohol put out for to save anybody's lives? Is alcohol have any positive intent behind it? Because that's what guns do. According to Obama's CDC, there's up to 3 million defensive gun uses a year. According to Bill Clinton's CDC, 500,000 home invasions are prevented every single year just be the, with the presentation of a firearm, not even using the firearm, but presenting the firearm like, wrong house, motherfucker. You don't want to come in. Oh, shit. That guy's got an AR. I'm out. So they are coming for our guns once again, and he's going to do it by executive fiat. And then, again, the, the ambiguous term of assault weapons, that's unadjustable buttstock. You have a rifle, you can adjust the buttstock. Oh, that's military style. In high-capacity magazines, to them, that's anything over 10 rounds. This is getting to a very serious point because I don't think they're going to be HR 127 passed. But executive action will happen. I think the first thing he's going to do is go after internet sales, which is I think how many bits think of the thousands of sites online that sell gun parts, guns, ammo. And don't let liberals lie to you and say you can order a gun on the internet because yes, you can, but it has to be shipped to an FFL dealer. So uh Biden is coming for your guns via executive order. All right, moving on. It's also hilarious that on President's Day, Mr. 80 million votes wasn't even trending in the top hashtags on Twitter and other social media. Candace Owens tweet. It says a lot that Facebook and Twitter purged thousands of pro-Trump's accounts plus pro plus President Trump himself. And yet, quote, happy President's Day, Donald Trump is the number one trend. Looks like silencing and lying about half the nation isn't a long-term political strategy. So I just want to have a quick laugh. 80 million votes. Biden got 80 million votes. He absolutely did. Absolutely, without a doubt. Biden absolutely got 80 million votes, which is why Trump as not President Trump still gets more people at his rallies than Biden did ever. If you combine all of Biden's rallies, Trump's rally in Florida over the weekend got more than all of Biden's combined. All of his presidential rallies combined, Trump got more people there as not president. Hilarious. And finally, I want to touch on Comey. Just the News by John Solomon. Great website if you don't check it out. Smoking Gun. Comey told Clapper, FBI unable to sufficiently corroborate still dossier, then sign the FISA anyways. Quote from the article. We are not able to sufficiently collaborate the reporting, Comey wrote in a January 12, 2017 email to then Director of National Intelligence, James Clapper, trader, that was declassified and made public through an open records lawsuit by the Southeastern Legal Foundation. That's right. Comey went on to sign at least two more, maybe three more FISA warrants after knowing full well the dossier was not verified. Again, this just goes back to this anti-Trump movement, these moral high ground people. They are all dirty swamp creatures. And Donald Trump was absolutely right about needing to drain the swamp. Unfortunately, 
wading your way through the swamp. You made some mistakes. You know, he had John Bolton in his cabinet at first. That was a mistake. So, you know, Trump isn't free of these mistakes. But damn, when the swamp is this deep, you have the FBI in the in the DNI knowingly lying to a FISA court. You have an FBI agent who pled guilty to falsifying an email from the CLA, CIA to present to the FISA court. Oh, by the way, he got a slap on the wrist. He got probation. He didn't get anything. He didn't get jail time. Nothing. Nothing. But Mike Flynn, they want to put him in prison forever. I mean, the swamp was deep and Trump was doing everything he could. I just wish he would have given been given more time. I, I, I think now more than ever, we are seeing how terrible these leftists in the government have gotten. And, and by, by today's standards, Obama was a centrist. And that is some scary shit to think about. I mean, really put that into context. Obama would be considered a centrist by today's leftist standards. It's scary. It is absolutely scary where we're headed. I'm going to wrap that up. I want to get this out because I, I, I like I, I just want to get the information out about the grid and uh, electricity production. So I'm going to get this out. It's going to be a little bit shorter one. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we're well over 1,500 listens now, which is awesome. Super excited about that. So thank you all for continuing to listen. Thank you for your support. And thank you for spreading the podcast to your friends. Uh, HR 127, episode four, that's still a big one. That's got over 555 plays now, I think. So that's awesome because it has a lot of valuable information in it. Thank you guys very much for listening. God bless you and God bless America. Have a great day.